You're listening to the Twisted Sisters podcast with Allie, a fiery realtor queen, and Samantha, a gypsy wandering her way through life while navigating being a rock star woman with ADHD. Both are former teen moms of two who have faced challenging adversities. They're here to break stereotypes, get real with you about the messiness of life, and remind you that we're all just a little twisted. Well, hello and welcome back to the Twisted Sisters. For the 90th time we today. We are on episode five and take 500 for this episode. <laughs> yes, we have kids home today. <laughs> so um, be prepared for all the interruptions and uh, intermissions. intermissions. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I don't think you. kids go to school anymore. I've decided. I, I <sighs> They've had like every Friday off since January. Christmas break. It's true. Yeah. Well, then my son, wanted to, we were talking about going on vacation. He's like, I can't miss a week of school. And I'm like, what do you mean you can't miss a week of school? And he's like, you know how hard it is to make up a week of school? And I'm like, you guys just did everything online. I how know. is it that hard? And you're you're gone all the time. Like, I, I know. you guys are always getting half days and this and that. But it's some weird. Or it's the whole oh, they have COVID potentially, so they need to get out of school or they can't go to school because they have a cold. And yeah. so now you're missing. Making up. I know. And he's like, I'm still making up from when he was sick. So I feel bad for the kid. I do too. I feel man. bad for all kids right now. It's a it's intense a weird time. world. Yeah. And teachers, man. Oh, These poor teachers. Yeah. So then they're having to work and then they're with like this cesspool of germs right. and boogers. I, I know. can't even imagine. We had to shut down for like two weeks because they had a 30 percent only 30 percent of the teachers were there Ugh, poor thing i know <laughs> i can't <laughs> i don't wish that upon my worst enemy no. seriously um we are here and we are discussing um national women's history month we are and we decided to pick two different people one mm-hmm. um what would you say in in the public in eye. the public eye and one that is impacted us personally right um i think it's so easy to look at somebody in the history books or who's made money to be successful and all that stuff but um some of the most impactful people i know are just simple everyday people and um just beautiful beautiful hearts makes the world go around yeah so um, Allie, who did you pick for your public eye? I picked um, Dolly Parton oh, and yeah. Reese Witherspoon. I, I picked two because they kind of go hand in hand for my life and how they impacted me. Both blonde bombshells. Southern big bells. Old titties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds I like it. about who I am, except I'm not Southern, but I sound... Just I, like Dolly Parton. Right. That high voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jolene. Oh. <laughs> Jolene. <laughs> so many good ones. Jolene. Oh, that's such a good one. It is. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it. Please oh, inform me. Sorry. We in the last take she went first. <laughs> I did. We're just switching it <laughs> up. We are. So uh, as a little girl, um, I had these big old boobies and this high pitched voice. And I got bullied a lot in school for it. I was called Helium Girl. I was called Squeakers. I couldn't ride the bus because I would be so mortified to go on that school bus. <sighs> I know. That sounds so torture. It was so such torture. And I have to say a lot of it was men. And that bothered me even more. That Men or boys? Boys. I know. Boys. I say men. I said that in the last thing, too. Um, but anyway, so as a little girl, I loved the man in the moon with Reese Witherspoon in it. And I absolutely fell in love with this woman and I just grew up watching her. Well, her mentor person was Dolly Parton. And so that made me dive into who is this Dolly Parton with these crazy outfits and these big old boobies and she's just this little tiny voice but then she sings and it's like an angel is looking over you and you just every time I listen to her it brings tears to my eyes because she just has this 
oh. voice that well and not to mention in every interview i've ever seen her in she has like the heart of like le- oh my gosh legitimate like gold yes like if like babies and all the precious things were put into one thing it would have like it seriously is her and i don't think you ever get that vibe about anybody no you're just like oh yeah they're probably really Uh nice you know like that but she she's never like strayed from that no she hasn't ever and even people that have completely hated her and then they had to interview her they end up leaving that interview in love with her because they say she's like this angel from god that because she like holds no judgment she doesn't she's all about love yes and Mm -hmm. she radiates it which i think is so cool it is so cool just reading even i i've listened about i don't know a year ago to this series it's like a week series of podcast and um it's dolly parton's america if you want to go and look it up and just listening to all a week of dolly parton in her life and how she grew up in this on the in the smoky mountains didn't know how to read her grandfather was a preacher and she just started singing these sad ass songs and they wouldn't put a lot of them on the radio because back in the day like when people would when they would murder people or hang them at the stake journalists is what they called them but they were actually singing songs about the murder of these women that these men were killing and Dolly Parton switched it around and started singing about women (laughs) the women's point of view like these poor women and these men that were killing them well they wouldn't put them on the on the um, radio and so and one of them was they they wouldn't put it on the radio because the woman ended up was pregnant and they couldn't say pregnant on the radio how dare them Wow, times changed. <laughs> yes, and so just hearing, you know, she was from the second wave of feminism, really. Right. And she she never has claimed herself as a feminist, but she has trailblazed this world in in so many different ways. I mean, you go to her concerts, and it's, you know, the. Well, not to mention she has every age group well, who's a fan of her. So I mean, transgender. It's like, yes, every, exactly. She's all for drag queens, and then she's got the the hillbillies with their cowboy hats yeah. on. It's just everybody coming just together at these con yeah. concerts. Just, yes. uh huh. I love that. Everybody loves her, <laughs> and that's Absolutely. how the world should be. It's like the wor- time stops. Well, and she's just very much like. I am me and I love to look pretty and right. this is what makes me feel pretty and that's and what made me love I her too. like what I like and this is how God made me mm-hmm. and it's who I am and um I can say that that has that was she's definitely one of those people I watched growing up that said like it's okay to have big boobs oh it absolutely because we grew up in a time where it was like skinny thin rail like no curves no. was the look and, and especially in that's minnesota so, that's beautiful too it is but when you are curvilicious i remember trying to fit in those hollister jeans <laughs> like these ain't getting past my my knees <laughs> yeah. like there's stuff like there's no and then way the v-neck coal shirts that we wore and it was like <laughs> oh hello but that's another thing what i loved about her is that she makes the joke before anybody else can yes. make the joke like yeah all of her jokes are about her breasts and right. I love because I'm in the business world and it took me quite a little bit of time for people to take me seriously because I am a blonde. I do have large boobs and I have this high pitched voice and it it took a lot of time to sit around a table of men and actually have them take me seriously for a while and women for that matter. Right. I, I've heard comments um, like bartending. Well, you must be you must do good because because you're pretty or you're, you're pretty to look at and it's like no well I mean maybe that's part of it but I'm really good at my job right. I show up every day I work my butt off mm-hmm. and I create relationship with a lot of people and I've worked really hard at what I do and building clientele and in a lot of in all my my businesses that I've ran you know and bartending being very similar and I uh, I just remember every time I hear that they kind of look at me like no, I, I work really hard too. Yeah. Like, you know, so does he and so does she right. and so do they. Mm-hmm. And, 
they probably make a lot more than you have any clue. Right. You would probably have zero clue how much exactly. these people make. You know, but um, and it's not based off of their looks. And if no. it was, they'd be having an OnlyFans or doing something <laughs> like that. Yeah. You know, For but sure. no, they are choosing this route. But they're working their butts off too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. and you're sitting there, and you're just as knowledgeable, and you're just as smart, if not smarter. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know why we feel like we have to prove that. I don't know why either. And I think with her too, like in her early days, like her biggest hit was Dumb Blonde. That's what it was called. And she wasn't a dumb blonde when you actually sit and listen to her lyrics and how they've just impacted so many people. Do you feel like, um, I I don't have any college experience. I know you don't, um, but you have your license for, um, well, you have some college experience. I do, yeah. You have some. A couple semesters. Um, but I look at like where I'm at in just doing marketing and in my coaching and just everything. And I, I remember getting offered some of these jobs going like, really? Me? I don't have any college yeah. experience. And they were like, that doesn't matter at all. Right. Like It doesn't. You, you know, but I think I've spent my life overcompensating for that. Oh, yeah. Researching, reading. I want to know about all the things. I enjoy it. I don't stop. I still continually do it. And I think that's growth was one of the biggest drives for me is um, not feeling like I incompetent because I didn't have that under my belt, but realizing you don't need that. And all the information is at our fingertips. You don't have to go pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in order to be taught by a professor what you we can actually read at yes. our fingertips. Yes. I think, too, like, as our world progresses, I'll be interested to see by the time, like, Lorelai, for instance, Hayden is kind of getting to that point already where there's college. But I'll be interested to see what the world is when Lorelai's ready to right. graduate, if they're even is colleges how they are now or if it's going to be more internships and yeah. Well, and you can't teach drive. No. And you can't no. teach, you know, just natural skills that people have. Right. You can't teach somebody to have natural people skills that come with, you know, my mom and I were laughing this morning. This is kind of funny. She's, we were talking about my grandma, who we'll come back to as the person I picked. Um, she was so funny, you know, and my mom is actually super funny. And um, we were laughing and I go, you know what they say, mom, the more damaged you are, the funnier you are. <laughs> and I go, that must explain all of us (laughs) all of us you know because we did we could laugh man my grandma she is she was a riot you know but I think sometimes the the more you go through and you just the more humble. damaged you are, you're humble, you're, you hit that joke before everybody else does. Because you know it's I coming. I already know this is coming. I yeah. know. Yes. It's just like my voice every time. Oh, you got a high little voice. Yeah, thanks. I know. Like, <laughs> So let me just make fun of myself so that you really take me seriously here. We can move past the jokes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I love who you picked. I think that is just it's so I it made me excited to talk about her yeah yeah I just I just love her history and how she I mean she's written so many I mean I will always love you three decades of number one song on the billboard three decades I have goosebumps I know I love music and she wouldn't even let Elvis Presley he wanted to take it from her and take royalties on it and she would not allow him because she knew in her heart that she would have to use it at some point yeah mm-hmm. oh I love that yeah that's so cool so many cool things and really go listen to Dolly Parton's America because you will learn so much about her yeah mm-hmm. well I picked Oprah Win- Winfrey yeah um she has quite an interesting like upbringing she's kind of that like classic rags to riches yeah. story um she learned to read when she was two and a half before she was three her grandma made her recite a dictation at church and so she taught her to read in order to do this can you even imagine little Lorelai like that's how old she is I know like can you imagine her she's over here singing her ABCs I'm like you're so amazing (laughs) wow and here Oprah Winfrey's like up at church like reading chapters out of the bible is <laughs> it wild? It's wild. And so then she went, she was supposed to go to kindergarten and went to her kindergarten teacher and said, um, I think I need to be in the first grade. Wrote a letter <laughs> stating why she needed to be in the first grade. Talk and they, about drive. They, they skipped first kindergarten, first and second, put her straight into third grade. 
little Matilda. Third grade. Wow. Incredible. And that's Jack. So but talk <laughs> about drive and just saying, no, I think I deserve this. I mean, at that age, no. I wish I knew that. I mean, I'm figuring that out this age. I would like to go ask for that raise oh, to go do what you it. deserve. Like you don't even, nobody's going to be like, yourself. you know you've been working really hard. You deserve right. a raise. No. Nobody ever does they that. Won't. You got to look up for you. Unless they see that your foot's kind of going out the yes. door. But you, I guarantee you guys, every time you go ask for a raise, they're, they're rarely going to tell you no. Right. They're rarely going to tell you no. Especially with this labor shortage we're in right, right. now <laughs> well you know you got to know your worth and you why do. you know your hours everything but you have to start somewhere too so. yes <laughs> yes absolutely so I mean that was just wild to me to read and then for her from that age she uh, talks very openly about how she was sexually molested as a child and became pregnant at the age of 14 um, and her she actually hid it for quite a while um, and her mom sent her to her father to take care of her um it's crazy and he didn't even know until she had him like the baby it was a boy it was a baby boy and um the baby ended up passing away I think it was a week later and I she she just decided in those moments because she had dealt with such abandonment issues from her mother Mm -hmm. and she had never felt like she had a mother she was raised by her grandma by her dad now later on in life and so on and so forth that um she was going to make the choice to not have any kids because she didn't feel like she had the tools to be the mother that this that a child deserves but like what what a mind-blowing concept at such a young age to recognize where you're lacking in love, where you're lacking in, um, and just how they manipulated her to feel that she wasn't right. worthy of giving love to somebody. Yeah. Well, and it just, but just to acknowledge, like, hey, I'm lacking in yes. this area, which means that I'm not able to give this. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? So that That's just crazy. goes to show, I, before she was even 18, she and then she got her first job on a radio station before she was even 18. So, I mean, it's just incredible the drive she had mm-hmm. and where she started. And obviously, we all know where she's at now. She's a household name. Oh, yes. Just and an intelligent, uh, you can't even. <laughs> no. And, I mean, just uh, to, uh, she blew any any sort of uh, limit that she was put under or told, she just blew past with flying colors. It was incredible. And not to mention what she did for, you know, women in general, as well as African-American women. Yeah. And, you know, so on and so forth. And she still is a pillar of light, just blazing trails. Well, I mean, look at her, just even her brand in general of what she's built with all of that. It's just phenomenal. I remember as I I was a young kid, or not a young kid, I was in high school, and she came out with, um, it was a three-part episode, and, um, you know, obviously she, she had started out more, it was like, the drama, right? Yes. And you had all these, Dr. these Phil. stories, right? <laughs> well, you know, as she progressed, it, it got more into um, bettering people and talking about the faux pas stuff, the stuff you you weren't supposed to talk about, the the things that have hurt people, the the relationships, um, all the things that they didn't want people to know about, right? And um, it. It was an episode on um, males who had been sexually molested and raped as young kids or even as adults and all these men that were filled in the audience. And I just remember watching this, but you could tell how impactful it was for all these men to break the silence that was um, thinking they were the only ones who had this had happened to them. And their stories, so they... I offered up the microphone and so each person could come up and tell their story of goosebumps because I just I remember it clear as day just being so impacted by these and so they went up and they each you know each male told a story and it was it was um you know pastors it was 
the ice cream man. It was the neighbor. It was the uncle. It was all these people around them, and they weren't allowed to say anything, and they had no clue. And if they did say something, they were told that they were lying. Yeah. Or there's no way that could happen right. to you. And, um, you know, and all of these men went or into... Or there's consequences if you do yeah, tell. Right. And um, in order to deal with, obviously, uh, the violation and having to hold something like this in and never talk about it, um, you know, they all went through phases in life where they became addicted. They, they struggled with alcoholism, addiction, sex addiction, all these things. And it wasn't until these times were figuring out themselves and some of these men were um our actors and big people in hollywood mm -hmm. that came out and talked about their i think i do remember this now that you're kind of bringing this to light yeah mm -hmm. it, it wasn't it was incredible to me and i am sure you can go on youtube or you can go and you can actually yeah. look this up but um i just remember looking at that going wow she is changing the world like she's changing the world and she's giving a platform for people to have a voice to have a voice and a safe space right and you know against just their abusers and and so on and so forth and you know um when two or more gather together you it's amazing what you can do so i just loved her i love her from the beginning i love her story I, I love what she's always doing. Um, her path hasn't ever strayed. It's always been helping people, mm -hmm. giving people a voice. Um, you know, do we think she got caught up in like probably the money world? Yeah. Which, how do you not? Right. You know, power also. I mean, I think Dolly did a little bit too. I mean, people have talked about how she pays over minimum wage at Dolly World, but <laughs> she doesn't pay the most. So, right. you know, like we talked about, there's things that we love about people and there's things that right. they have faults on. We're all, we're all human. Yes, exactly. And I, I struggle too with the fact of success being tied with money because just because you have a lot of money doesn't mean that you're successful in right. life. And, um, but you also have to look at her too. I mean, everybody basically knows her too, is you get a car and you get a car and you yeah. get a car. Like she is incredibly generous as well with her money. Right. And I think that's something that is different about people who do have the money that do share it. Absolutely. And donate it. And Absolutely. It's purpose. It is. And, um, I, but I, I think the biggest thing with her was just, she had a vision and she wasn't going to stop until she got there. And it just makes me realize that these, like, our everyday life, right? We just got into this and this chaos. And you feel like you come victim to your life in a way. You start to believe a story sometimes just during the day. It's not all the time. It's just limiting, oh, like, limiting beliefs of yourself. Right. And I'm, I'm this and I'm that and I can't keep up. And it's like, instead, I have to change. I get to do this today. I get to do my laundry. I get to do my kids' laundry. I get to cook dinner for my kids. I get to do my podcast today. Yes. I get to go get um, my oil changed because right. my car is running. And just those thoughts of I get to instead of I have to or, you know, um, and it's a hard process because you're like, ugh. I know. Can't I just feel this way? Like, this is dumb. I don't want to be. I just want to cry because yes. my phone keeps ringing. Well, think, be thankful your phone keeps ringing, right. Allie. And that you have, I know, and it's, <laughs> and it's so simple, but, and, and still our feelings can be valid as yes. well. But yeah, no, I loved it. And um, it's so interesting because then my personal one that I picked was my grandma. So it's my mom's mom. I know. I'm excited to hear the story because I've yes. never heard it. So my mom's name is Kathy. So is your mom. Yes. We both have Kathy's. And then my grandma was Kathy. And I go, oh. mom, isn't that interesting? Like, What was it like growing up being named after your mom yeah. having the same name as your mom? Like, obviously, you hear that in males right. a lot. Um, it just was normal to them. So Lorelai is actually Lorelai Kathleen. Mm -hmm. So she is a Kathy also, which is kind of cool. <laughs> I'm just going to start calling her Kathy. Hey, Kathy, Kathy get I, over here. Seriously, she is a Chatty Kathy. Chatty Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And um, my grandma, man, she was a force to be reckoned with. She... Um, was born November 27th, 1942 Ooh, in Alameda. 27's my lucky number. Is it? I love it. Um, she was actually Kathleen Evelyn Henneberry. Um, she married my uh, mom's father. 
and um, they got pregnant at 17. So they ended up getting married after they were pregnant. Okay. So, that you know. That seemed to be the trend back then anyway. Well, and it's interesting to look back at our family history and how it has repeated through me. Yeah. Through my mom, through me. Almost generational. Generational. And curses, it's pretty wild. Curses, yeah. And um, so she had my mom in September um, and her and my dad my grandpa they had three girls uh, my mom and then my two aunts and I it's 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 pretty interesting story they um were young right they're in the early 20s and he ended up having an affair with her best friend oh and um I kill you you know how his family goes it's like we don't know details and probably sh- you know talking about this gets a little ooh, yeah. you know but reality is is everybody made choices mm-hmm. and this is our story and this is our history and does that make my grandpa a terrible person no. no and him and her are actually still together and so you know they found their love did they probably go about it the right way absolutely not no. I think could they change things they could have, but you have, can't. But when right? you're in that moment sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. But my grandma ended up meeting her uh, love of her life, Leo, and um, they blended families. And so it's actually really, really cool story and how many kids there were. It's like a, a <laughs> Brady Bunch. Seriously, it was literally <laughs> the Brady Bunch. And uh, she started working at a bank. She had no um, college degree. She worked at a bank, worked her Did way up. Did she graduate up. high school? She graduated okay. high school with my mama in her belly, just like I graduated with Hayden wow. with my belly. Wow. I know. Um, my grandma was darker features like me, too, which I think is kind of cool. Dark Irish. Was she Irish? She was dark Irish. Okay. Yeah. Um, so my grandma ended up becoming diagnosed at the age of, gosh, I think she was um, I would say in her 40s, late 30s, early 40s, but she was diagnosed with a rare eye disease called degenerative derusin of the optic nerve. And what this is, is um, the crystals around your optic nerve start to grow and they start to crystallize and shut off vision. So you start to lose your peripheral vision and it goes down to you lose complete vision. So my grandma went blind by the time she was in her late 40s wow. mid 40s so it took about like 10 years a decade yes. to like so it actually and the way they found out was she got in a car accident um and she didn't see anything in her peripheral okay and so they think that my grandma had it so they think this runs in the brown eyes in the, the family okay. and um she was diagnosed with it and she's actually in medical history books they had to study her because wow. there's not very many um i diagnosed out there and they didn't know anything about it so it's pretty crazy that is crazy but what i remember you want to be in the books for right but what i remember as like my grandma like it was never she was it was just she was it was never a um disability like it was just she and this became like a common theme for her in her life was she took the challenge and she kind of faked it until she made it. Yeah. You know, and it was just like, was it easy probably moving from their house that they had had as a family of finding out? Can you imagine finding out that your husband had an affair with your best friend? You no. have these three girls. You're taking your girls. You've lost everything. You have because you've not only lost your husband, but now you've lost the one person that you could count on besides your right. husband. You've lost everything mm-hmm. and your best friend and you're raising these three girls and you don't know what you're doing yeah. in life. And um, it, it's just interesting to me uh, on the resilience of how she overcame it all. Overcame it all. And then... Um, I, I, she was hysterical. She was like the funniest blind lady ever. <laughs> they would get these, they would get these uh, seeing eye dogs, and my grandpa would always turn them into regular pets, so they never kept them. <laughs> <laughs> like, she would play these games with us, so we would mess with her because this is this well, is right. We just it was normal for us, and yep. it was funny, and she, I would always I. She had me convinced she could still see, though. I was like, Grandma, I know you can see because she, her hearing was impeccable. 
Right. So she would be like, don't look at me with those eyes. And I'd be like, what? How do you see me? She or she'd be like, back put of that her back. Head. And I would be like, how do you know? Like, she seriously knew everything. And I swear she's still, I don't even, she had to have been psychic. I, she still has me convinced. I bet and, she was. I could see oh, that. Oh, I guarantee it. And so then she uh, she had her seeing eye cane, right? And we would go into like Target and I'd be like, Grandma, there's a curb. And so she'd hit her seeing eye cane down to find the curb and we'd all start laughing like, oh. <laughs> right. And she'd be like, you little stinkers. And she'd start hitting us with her cane. So she'd like <laughs> whack us and people outside of Target would just be like, oh my gosh, you know? And and she'd be like, there's no curb, you know? And we'd be like, nope. And she'd be like, you. And she'd whack us hard too. Well, that then I remember this is pretty funny so then we're in Target and we're checking out and I, all of a sudden she's like I think she asked for my mom's hand and she's like hey can I have your hand and she spit her gum out in my mom's hand <laughs> <laughs> my mom's like oh my gosh and then she goes are you guys gonna feed me tonight and my mom and my aunt me are like what and everybody around starts looking and she's like I'm just so hungry I just want some food. Are you guys going to feed me? And she's got this little shit grin on. And I'm mortified. And my mom and my aunt, I just was dead. Somebody's calling on you. Yes. And they're just like, oh, we're like, she eats everybody. Okay. She eats. She's just fine. And my grandma's like, you know, so it was just funny. Is that what I have to look forward to with you? (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, I mean, I remember we were skateboarding and she had to get on the skateboard and she had to get on the trampoline and she just never let any of it bring her down at all. And, you know, she was the type of person that she was hard to get past that core. Mm -hmm. But once you got past that little surface, like you were in and you were in. You were in her circle. You were in and you weren't going to be gone. Like you were forever in and I, she would do anything. I and feel like she you're could. talking about yourself a little bit right now. Am I? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I just, I didn't have a grandparent the way that she was. Yeah. She, I think she was the only really involved grandparent I've ever had. Okay. And, um, I'm sure I have characteristics from her. Absolutely. Probably. Because, you know, not to mention my mom was moving and I spent a lot of time with her. Yeah. We lived there for a year and she took in all the animals and <laughs> she gardened and they, um, they had bought this house in Willits okay. or it's a, they bought, um, 20 acres up on this hill in Willits and it's the Redwoods if you guys don't know. So it's Northern, Northern, um, California. My grandma won money at the casino in Reno <laughs> And um, they bought this little trailer and put it up had on the she property. Had lost her seeing, seeing by then? She had. Okay, so she won yeah. this money blindly, so she won. Yes. and then took it. And oh my gosh, what a story! <laughs> She's crazy. <laughs> she wild. I seriously, I think if we would have put her behind a car and been like, "Okay, go," she would have been like, "All right, bye." <laughs> and she, somehow she would have gotten, yeah. I don't know, five hundred miles without even realizing. She traveled. She would visit to come see us and. Um, traveling from Willits was not easy. You had to fly and take a train. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> ridiculous. And I mean, she nailed she it. She bulldozed through. She did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, just, she kind of, she just had a zest for life too. And it, it showed and, um, you know, but she'd have to put her lipstick on and she'd put the lipstick on her cheeks a little <laughs> bit too. And the lipstick just went everywhere, <laughs> you know. Yes. And, uh-huh. um, I know but, that well. Yes. It's, I was my favorite. And, um, but she she kind of just met um, obstacle after obstacle. She ended up having a rare blood disease and that almost killed her. And uh, she came out of that. And then, you know, her and then my grandpa was diagnosed with cancer. He had had roof, you know, my grandpa Leo. Um, he fought through that. They got through that. And then it was like, then she ended up being diagnosed with lung cancer later oh, on. My goodness. And which is ultimately we ended up taking her life. Yeah. Um, but up until that point, um, you know, I just remember like just sitting and being still with my grandma and I would wake up in the morning and I would go in her bedroom and we'd watch murder. She wrote, do you remember that show? Yes, I used to watch it with we my would grandma. Watch, no way. Yes. <laughs> Get out of here. We would watch Murder, She Wrote, and um, eat the oyster crackers. Yes. And she had Pepsi, and when I was little, I couldn't say Pepsi. I would say Pespy. 
Grandma, can I have a drink of your Pespi? And then I would chug the rest of it, and I'd laugh and put it down Cute. empty. And, you know, but – um, and she would always yell at me for having my hair down while eating. You know, she's she could brush my hair, but my mom couldn't. You know, and I'm pretty sure she was way worse than my mom. Probably, but it, it wasn't – yeah it was but your grandma not your mom i know mm-hmm. she was just the ultimate gift giver she she just knew um she just knew things she knew things about people and i remember before she passed she had me go through like her jewelry and um had me kind of go through a few different things and was just like what what means something to you yeah and she wore moo's all the time Aww. so i kept like a few of her moo's and um I realize it now, but when I was pregnant at my graduation mm-hmm. and she was there and I got to talk to her and um, I just remember her being like, this isn't the rest of your life. Like Ugh. you have the rest of what your life. And support. Yes. I mean. And she, and I remember she just would be like, give your mom grace. She's processing this. And they were some big years. Like we had some big a lot of things going on. 2006 was a massive year for our family on all spectrums. Um, but I just remember my grandma, even with moving and all of that, she just always knew how to bring me back to that um, center mm-hmm. and Grounded. was kind of that common denominator of home. The even though we had moved, the storm. even though I had we had been a lot of places and a lot of things in our lives had been shook up in different ways. She was always home to me. And man, I miss her. Oh. I miss her. But she always comes to me in Cardinals. I always see her in Cardinals. So it's pretty I cool. Like, I'll be thinking about her and she'll just, Papa. I'll see a Cardinal. Yeah, out of nowhere. But um, yeah, she, she shaped me for sure into who I am. But um, I just love hearing stories like her and hearing stories um, about people around us that have shaped these people because somebody shaped Oprah. Somebody shaped Dolly Parton, you know, and it was their grandmas or it was somebody who didn't have maybe what we would view as success, but who shaped and put into these people who made who such shaped your huge heart. difference in the world, yeah. made a difference in the world. And sometimes we're not supposed to make a difference in the world. Sometimes we're supposed to make a difference in our kids and in our friends and in our husbands and in our wives and in our people around us. And that love spreads and it, it spreads at home. and it spreads. Isn't that like a Mother Teresa quote or something yes. like that? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I love it. And so this has just been a really cool uh, topic because it, it was been. really neat for me to all of a sudden connect everything. Yeah. You know, in older and age. how similar Oprah, my grandma, like all of these stories really are. They're more similar than we even realize. And it makes me wonder how many more people out there have similar stories. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. That's That'll be a good topic for us to yeah bring in mm-hmm. yeah did you do a personal one I did yeah um I've been super lucky in my life to have so many amazing amazing women around me um I've had so many great business mentors I mean getting into real estate I started out with um one of the best ones she taught me so much and then moved on to a team and just her like she was a huge impact the broker of the leader of the team and then moving on to the brokerage that I'm at now, just the women in leadership is insane. Um, My mother is one of my biggest ones, I would say, that has impacted me. But I'm going to save her for, um, we're going to be interviewing our mom. Right, same mom. Don't yeah. get mad that you have impacted me too. <laughs> yes. But we're going to get to you guys. Are. You're going to have like a three-part series. You are. So you, you're, you're that special. You're still ticking. Um, but mine's my grandma, my mother's mom too. Um, she is like the calm to my storm. She is the most patient woman I have ever met in my entire life. She grew up in Beverly, Massachusetts, and 
she grew up in a, a privileged family. My uh, my great grandfather was one of the leading. He was a colonel, and then he was the leading architect of. He helped design JFK, um, the Alaskan Airport in Anchorage. He like he's in history books. Like he's phenomenal. And she grew up to a very strict household. Her mother wasn't necessarily the the kindest woman, but she was kind of one of those high society women. And my grandmother had a and her sister had a lot to live up to. So they really? had a really strict childhood. So my grandma ended up moving to Boston and going to school at a college to become a um, seamstress. And she ended up working for Vogue for a little while. Which oh, is this is super so cool. in your guys' history. I know. I believe this completely. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she met a military man, so my grandfather, and he was actually the first um, pilot in the world to train in the first woman pilot for Northwest. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So they got married and they ended up because of Northwest moving to Minnesota and the families were my grandfather came from nothing like I'll I'll go into his history he has a super cool history his mother died during childbirth his aunts raised him like just poor 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 Irish man and um anyways they moved to Minnesota because of his job as a pilot she quit working because they want and I don't think they moved directly to Minnesota I think they went to Indiana I'd have to ask we will hear from Kathy but um (laughs) they my mother had two older brothers and they moved to Minnesota built their 1960s rambler had the only pool in the backyard during that time and they had like the household and they everybody would come over and have these extravagant parties and they hosted and yeah it was they had a really good life until my grandfather um started getting addiction Mm. issues and he was flying international flights like Africa Sweden like Mm -hmm. there's we don't know a lot about my grandfather and his second life that he was living he had a whole nother life I who knows what's out there but um I know I don't (laughs) dare do (laughs) one of the most DNA tests I that scares me I'm like I want to have siblings out there for my dad like I don't even want to know what's what's going on yeah every family has it at some point in their generation line but anyway so my mom um so he got addiction issues and that's a whole nother story for a different time but my mom then, I mean, my mom was his everything. And he used to bring her back like records from London before they were even here in the, the States. And oh, so, so cool. such a cool story. But um, so my mom had me and she ended up being a single mom. And so and she was a bartender. So she worked evenings. And so I get to spend all day with my mom. And then I would go over and spend the night with my grandparents. And my grandma was so artistic, and that's where I get a lot of my creativity from because we would sit and we would paint. We would sit and we would knit or crochet or... Yes, my grandma crocheted too. Blind. She crocheted blind. I suppose it's like a muscle movement. I have blankets made from her. Yes. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those talents, I tell you. Just flowers. I mean, she was a gardener. Oh, she was part of the garden club. And just everything she did was for creativity and art. My mural in my bedroom growing up, she painted me these beautiful flowers. Um, just, Just a patient woman. And her sons both ended up having addiction issues at a really young age. Because I think we have to remember, too, this was like the 70s when they were growing up when all these yeah you smoked everywhere that was normal you you drinking was Mm -hmm. yes and yeah drinking's not a drug it was social drinking and that was what you did and so I think my my oldest her oldest son ended up in treatment by the time he was in fifth grade oh wow yeah and so my mother was also dealing with a lot of this too and they were Irish yes and that's also kind of part of that that generation for sure that culture um but yeah so we I spent a lot of time over there and I was spoiled oh was I spoiled by them I was 
I was like the only blood grandchild at the time and they gave me everything and so I just had an amazing childhood I mean I had my own room there and yeah she was just such a patient woman and never heard her raise her voice um, always gifting she had a shopping that's what's her addiction she had a shopping problem and I was given so much (laughs) and you benefited from it you loved every minute of it yes and so anyways, um, by the time I would say I was in seventh grade, my mother had had my sister and her, my grandfather passed away from a heart attack. He was driving and she all of a sudden started acting funky and my, she missed my birthday and that made my mom go, something's wrong. And she ended up being diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Mm. Wow. So we instantly moved her in because we didn't want to put her in a home at all. And she lived with us until it was time for her to actually go into a home where we could no longer take care of her. Well, and Alzheimer's is like, man, you're watching somebody deteriorate, but you see them. So it's the worst disease. They're who you look at, but they're nowhere to be found inside. She was as healthy as a horse. But yeah. her brain was deteriorating, Your so she lived with this disease you. for over a decade. Wow. Yeah, it was awful. I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish this disease upon anybody. And we watched firsthand just her start deteriorating, yeah. and it really shook me as an individual watching. Well, this how do happen. you separate? You have to separate the shell from the mind, and you see them, and I mean, you can just never not see them as them, but right. that's no longer them inside, it's not, no. and it's a stranger, and they mm-hmm. view you as a stranger, mm-hmm. and you just want that comfort and love, you and you're, you can't, I mean, you, you get can. snippets you of do. it, mm-hmm. that's what's pretty incredible yeah, with some of I that, mean, they she, get light. She would click into it, and then yeah. she'd click out of it, and then it would get really bad where she would forget everything, and one time we found her, she would try and escape because yeah, she wanted scared. to go home she's scared she doesn't yeah. know where she is and she she ended up in the neighbor's minivan we couldn't find her anywhere <laughs> oh, <poor thing. laughs> i know just oh. so you know so we knew at that time like okay it's yeah. time to lock everything young up too oh and, yes and it's and you were pregnant you had Ev, at right? this time no because this was during high school so okay. again my mom was still bartending so she would be gone at night and um my stepdad would you know he would go and get his break too sometimes because he needed a break as well yeah and he would go and be the bouncer where my mom was working and so me and my sister jill we would go and watch grandma and it was like uh reminds me of my girl <laughs> yeah where she's it, that's exactly like, what my it girl was. where she's singing and like she's at the <laughs> thing yes it'd be like no it's your turn to watch grandma no it's your turn to watch grandma <laughs> Oh. And she would just sit in her little rocker, just like just, on my, uh, my girl. girl. And, oh, funny! And she loved to draw, so you would just get her all these different paint by numbers. Yeah, and, and it was just you know I would sit and cuddle with her, and oh. yeah, I know. And you look at back at some of these times, I think with them, and I uh, just how you took it for granted because you, you just did. had no idea. We were you selfish. Sh- you have no idea, and but they loved you for it. They did, and they. Yes. They like she totally was like living, you know, she loved it. She mm-hmm. loved me for it. She loved me for, you know, my craziness and loved me for my outspokenness. Yes. And I, you know, encouraged mm-hmm. it. And I, it's funny because it's like I look at my, my parents being grandparents and I'm like, yes. you know what? Like, <laughs> that would have been nice for you to talk to me like that or like give me that. Let stuff. me get away with that. Right. You know, and I'm sure our parents think the same thing. Oh, like, totally. We talk, I talk about my grandma. My mom's like, oh, whatever. I was like that too and I'm like well it was a different bond because I was the grandchild I know the only time she yelled at me I remember I was out there was this little boy that lived across the street I can't even remember his name but we got to play together like twice and his mom let him out and I was like come on over my grandma has she had these big beautiful gardens like wooded areas it was like the secret garden is what I pretended when I was playing in there and I picked her flowers oh don't pick Fran Coffee's flowers. She was not oh, happy. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> the only time because I picked some flowers. Grandma, thanks for that. Like, <laughs> you like you even know like do not pick flowers and put them on her grave. Yes. Like she will right. calm down and uh-huh. bust a girl's she ass. Will. 
That's funny. Uh, I know. It, my grandma loved gardening too. I remember they lived. Um, well, they lived up in the redwoods. Yeah, I mean, beautiful, incredible. Like on a clear, they lived on this hill, and on a clear day, you could see the coast of like Fort Bragg, wow. and like it was pretty cool. But she had all these flowers and um, around their deck and stuff, and you'd have to go pick up the old ones, you know, the <laughs> yes. crumbly uh-huh. old ones, and I'd go out and do that with her and water and. For my mom being such a gardener and my grandma, I completely have a black okay, thumb. It same. skipped a generation. It, like it was like, you get gardening skills, yeah. you get gardening skills, and it said, thumb. you, you're going to kill everything you touch. Yes, yep, that's too. me. Like if you, I killed a cactus. So like did I. A succulent. If it needs to be watered, I'm not watering it. But if it doesn't need water, you know, sure as hell, I'm going to be watering that one. SOB. I've had one up on my cabinet now for over two years and I've never watered it and it's still alive. I because need to that's find what you're supposed name. to do with it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I should just want, I, it's terrible. Like when I put the, I, you guys, I had a deal with my son that he could get a dog if he kept a fish alive for a year. Well, he kept the dang fish alive for a year. So we got a oh dog and I put the, that's f- really impressive. Actually, <laughs> I put the fish, we, we had just moved into this house. I put the fish in the kitchen window thinking, oh, Oh, the fish will love to get sunlight. I fried the fish. <laughs> well, Hayden wanted, uh, well, we had a dog, but he he wanted an, another animal so bad. And he got a sand crab. Okay. Oh, yes. So you got the sand we crab. One of those two. And of course, at my house, and uh, he would go back and forth to each of our houses. And um, when he was gone, it was out of sight, out of mind. And the thing, I didn't water it either. Just didn't give it water. It shriveled up. And he came he came home. He was like, Mom, you killed my sand crab. And I was like, nah. And then like, we're crab? poking it. It's just like hard as a rock. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. Like, he needed a bigger shell. Yeah. And like, I like, can't even, like, when you're gone, I'm lucky yeah. if I like, get if i get food if you eat yeah exactly <laughs> I, know. I was like i know and the only reason why the dog eats because he eats what i eat and we're good we just cuddle and he follows me everywhere right. so that's You're how right. i remember that's him i remember him yeah <laughs> but i think this has been really fun yeah, to chat about it has just hearing how they've molded you know molded us and who we are as people now because of them yeah i just want to like encourage all of you out there yes. to take a look at people who have uh, impacted your life and in, in your history uh, in your family history mm-hmm. and also in our history of the united states and our history as women mm-hmm. and um how sometimes i feel like we th- we can feel so um, just minute, you know, we can feel so small and little and like anything we do doesn't really matter. Yeah. But these everyday lives that we live matter. They do. What we choose every day in our relationships and the people around us matters. And it's so fun to go back and do some, like this week we've been doing research on it and just getting a little emotional with it and having that nostalgia and going, we are real people because we get so in the thick of living our everyday lives that it's a good reminder to slow the F down and ground yourself, get those feet in the ground Mm -hmm. and ground yourself. I love it. Well, thanks for listening to us. You guys have a great week. Who are we having on next week? That's a good question. <laughs> okay. I thought maybe you knew offhand. <laughs> I should. I just totally forgot. So that's awesome. Have a good week, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Twisted Sisters podcast. We'll now leave you with a little bit of wisdom from Allie and Samantha. Imperfection is beauty. Madness is genius. And it's better to be absolutely ridiculous than absolutely boring. Twisted Twisted sisters. sisters. We're all a little twisted.